You are listening to a Hillbilly Horror Stories classic episode. So, you've got the keys to your new home. Now it's time to learn how to be a homeowner with Homeowner 101 Workshops from The Home Depot. Get access to free live streaming classes taught by expert associates on a wide range of topics. Learn how to install door locks, replace air filters, care for your lawn, and much, much more. Tackle your projects with confidence with Homeowner 101 Workshops from The Home Depot. Register now at homedepot.com slash workshops. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. start a show about sleep paralysis without Inner Sandman. That's right, and I dig that tune, so I wish we could play a little bit more. Did well, you hear me sing? We're not going to because of copyrights. Oh. I don't I... need Metallica. They already pretty much shut Napster down. I don't need them coming after our show. Well, I'm sure they won't come after our show. They went after Napster. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this is episode 22 of Hillbilly Horror Stories, and uh, we're going to start off with the shout-outs that we always do, and, and people love that because we screw up everybody's name. But the first shout-out is a very special one. It's going to go out to, to Tony and Jenny Bruski. Yes, thank you, Tony and Jenny. We love you. Them guys have brought us a boatload of new listeners. I was going to say shitload, but um, Tracy's wanting me to tone down the cussing, so instead of shitload, <laughs> I said boatload. So how about that? That's very good, honey. Proud of you. <laughs> but thanks to them guys because... You know, and like I said, new listeners are everything to a to a newer show. And you guys came to us in in ways we never would have imagined. And it was great hearing from a lot of you. So we're going to try to give as many shout outs as we can as quick as possible. And if you didn't hear your name, uh, maybe you'll hear it next week, or maybe you just won't hear it. It's just that way. That's life's a chance. Uh, no, you will hear it next week. You so don't, don't don't fret. You don't know that we could. There might be. Well, you had like seven hundred people write us this week. We can't name seven hundred people on here. Well, you better learn how to talk fast. Anyways, <laughs> the first one we're going to mention is Robert Burton from Oklahoma. Thanks for listening, Robert. Thank you, Robert. Alan Person from North Carolina. Alan Person, that's a fun name. It is a fun name. It is. Thank you for listening, Alan. Chelsea Carter from Mississippi. Thank you, Chelsea. And Chelsea actually gave us an idea for a show that we may um, we may do it for not necessarily a regular show because it's kind of a shorter story, but what we may do, some of you probably don't know this because a lot of your new listeners starting this coming Wednesday we're going to start doing a video probably about a 10 minute video uh, people keep saying hey they want to see what we look like and they want to see us on video so much pressure for my hair to look good oh so I don't necessarily like the idea of doing the whole show because we do do some editing and stuff like that I know we sound perfect but we're, <laughs> we make some mistakes y'all might be surprised but uh, Jerry ain't got no hair yeah he ball-headed but, but if we did the whole show and and uh, on YouTube I, I just you know I'm not sure that I necessarily want to do that but I do think doing like a little 10 minute video on some urban legends or some uh, shorter stories 
stories like this one's about a courthouse in Mississippi, a window in a courthouse. Little things like that that we can do in about 10 minutes and, and uh, throw up on our Facebook page and our YouTube page will at least give you some sort of what we do. Yeah, so exciting. I can't wait to do that. And so, thanks for sending that in. Yep. Uh, next one is Julie Bernard in Michigan. Julie's wrote us a bunch of cool stuff this week. and uh, Yes, Julie, thank you so much. Julie likes my crude humor, so therefore she gets special props. <laughs> While we're on that subject, because I told Julie this, some people have actually asked about my comedy part, because I don't really talk about it on the show. It's all on YouTube. Uh, just go to uh, my The Rent Daddy, T-H-E-R-E-N-T-D-A-D-D-Y. That's the, the YouTube channel. Just go on there and you got plenty of crudeness and nastiness enough to uh, uh, surprise everybody and offend everybody. And let me just say, our first date, I went to one of Jerry's shows, and I literally sat with my mouth open the whole entire time. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then after the date, she sat with her mouth open also. Oh, stop. Oh, God. <laughs> I ain't li- I'm not like that, y'all. I'm not. I'm not. But yeah, he's a little, um, well, just say I was very surprised. I've learned to live with it now, but it's all right. All right. Michael Taylor from Ohio. And Thanks, then we, Michael. This one's a kind of a fun one, because if you listen to some of the previous shows we did, we started off the show speaking some Spanish. It was very poor Spanish at that. And uh, we talked about our token Mexican. And uh, we had a young lady by the name of Mally Frias from L.A. write us and say that she loved the show and she was our token Mexican. <laughs> so we absolutely appreciate that. Thank absolutely. you so much for writing That's in. That's great. Uh, we always got some foreign listeners I like to throw in there. So this week we've got Jimmy Phoenix from Dublin, Ireland. Dang. I want to go to Ireland. Well, you should get to know Jimmy. Maybe he'll fit the bill for a ticket. Oh, that'd be cool. Hey, Jimmy. Hey. Hey, <laughs> call me up. We'll go. We'll get it set up for you. We got Dana Gleason from Australia and oh. we will not do our horrible... Australian accents, as no. we did in episode 19. <laughs> you guys do, I don't know. Yeah, we better not. This one's a cool one. It looks like, and this will be one I probably will screw up, Suleimani Dupes Banda. Well, that's pretty good. He's from Zambia. That is our first Zambian listener that I know of. Is that that's, how you say that? Zambia? Yeah. Yeah, it's not the pill that you take to sleep. Oh, no, it's not Ambien? Oh, Ambien. You're, yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> you're goofy. That's wrong. <laughs> um, Thank you guys so much for listening. That is just, it just amazes me every time we get these new listeners, where you guys are coming from, and we so appreciate y'all so much. We could get through these a lot quicker if you'd be quiet. Oh, stop. Sorry. Anyways, there's one more, and I'm probably going to screw this name up, and it's one I really don't want to screw the name up, because he's actually done some work for us. He uh, emailed and offered to do some logo work for us for free. And uh, I thought that was a pretty nice offer, and he actually sent me a couple already, and he's actually doing a little more. His name is Matt, I think it's Calhannon, and I'm sure I mispronounced that. Matt, if you can send me the proper pronunciation of your name. He's over in Great Britain, and send me some information on how people can get a hold of you if you need some uh, graphic design work, logo work, what have you. I'm sure uh, he would be more than happy to entertain your ideas, especially if you're going to pay him, unlike we did, you know. (laughs) I was like, how are you going to screw up the name Matt? God. Well, yeah. Matt, I pretty much had down. I thought I thought I was pretty sure on that one. Oh, but we la- love you guys. Thank you guys so much. Seriously. <sighs> okay, let's jump into this because I think it's a fun story. We're going to talk about black-eyed children. This has been a phenomenon going on for probably the last 20-some-odd years. And, you know, I got something on my mind. I want to get into the story but sometimes you just got to tell your own personal stuff first. Mm-hmm. 
This week, I had two of the most painfully excruciating experiences of my life. What? First, you didn't tell me. First of all, I had a prostate exam. Oh, that's what you get. And then the second one is I had to go makeup shopping with Tracy today. Oh. If I had to go back and pick one of them to do over again, I would probably choose a you prostate exam with Freddy Krueger. You are not going to say a finger up your butt. I will. You won't because I will. that's a lie. That was rough. Makeup shopping was rough. Dude. Guys, if you've ever had to go and sit and watch a woman, try this on and try that on and try this on and try that on and then take this off. Now let me put this back on. And to me, it all looks the same. It all looks the same. Okay, I didn't do all that with makeup because that would be ridiculous. You did. You, they had a little mirror where you could sit in, with the alcohol and stuff and take it off and put it back on. Oh. So you did do it. How do you know? You want a toilet. And this stuff is expensive. Oh, yeah. It was pretty expensive. I got a gift card for Christmas, which I asked for, but I didn't really have never been in there before, so I didn't really know how expensive it was. But I'm just going to say I'm a Walmart girl. I could probably got 15 things for the price I paid for the one thing I got today. But that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, so I would greatly choose a prostate exam. Remember that time when we went to the state fair and mm-hmm. they were doing prostate exams at the fair? <laughs> oh, my God, yes. And, you know, at first... Right next to the people that were whitening your teeth. Right. And at first, I thought, it's kind of strange to get a prostate exam at the fair. And then I thought, I can't tell you how many times I've been eating an elephant ear or a corn dog and thought, you know what would make this better? A stranger's hand in my ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're getting off track. Let's get back to the subject. Black-eyed children. I'm going to try to paint a picture for you, and I'm not very good at painting, so I'm not like uh, Bob Ross. Is that his name? The guy with the, the curly fro. hair? Yeah. Big fro guy. I'm not much like him, but I'm going to paint this picture. So let's just say you're you're at a house. You're, you're at your house. Why would you be at a stranger's house? That makes no sense. So let's just start over and forget I said any of that. You're at your house. It's 11 o'clock at night. You're kicked back. You're eating some popcorn. You're watching a movie. You're zoned out. You're ready to go to bed. You hear a knock on the door. I think, who the hell is this at my house at 11 o'clock? The dog barks <laughs> because he hears the knock. <laughs> so then <laughs> you go to the door, you look out your little peephole, and it looks like two little kids standing there. So you open the door because obviously you're not going to let two little kids just stand no. in the door. And there's these two little kids. And you can't really tell what they look like because they've got sweatshirts on, you know, hoodies. And then they're like, hey, can we come in? And you just get this eerie feeling. You know, you just, you kind of stand there stunned because you got two little kids standing there. I mean, you're just like completely lost and just, you can't believe what's going on. Much like most Americans when Trump was elected president. And then the kids, you notice something. They have black eyes. You can like almost like see through to their souls. Now you're intimidated and you're scared. You mean black eyeballs or black, black eyeballs. around their eyes? Yeah, not like they've been, you know, hit with like, baseballs. Oh, or something I got gotcha. like you. Okay, okay. Black yeah, eyes. That would be kind of creepy. Do you study anything that we, you would have known that answer. I did know that answer. I'm testing you. Whatever. Anyways, <laughs> so you're scared. You you can't even hardly move. And then you think, man, I, I, this is just something that's not right with this. And then all of a sudden kids become a little more forceful. They're like, we need to come in now. Will you let us in? At this point in time, you just slam the door and you go cuddle up in the fetal position on your couch because you're so scared. Now, that is what people experience. Similar things. Sometimes they're in their car. Sometimes they're in their house. 
but it's always the same situation. These kids are always asking, can we come in? Or if they're in the car, will you take us somewhere? Much like my own kids. Well, I mean, I guess when you answer the door, you're like, I guess you automatically assume maybe they were in a car wreck somewhere. Or, I mean, I don't even know if there's somebody coming to your door that late at night. I mean, I couldn't turn kids away. I mean, you know they're not Jehovah's Witnesses, not 11 o'clock at night. Well, this is true. I know this. But, I mean, it would be hard to turn little kids away, is what I'm saying. Right. But if you get an eerie feeling as soon as you open the door. Be like, dang, what happened to y'all's eyes? So, sometimes you just, you know, you know something's not right. And that's that's what happens in this situation. So, is this an urban legend, or has this really happened? That's the question. Mm. I think... You know, it really depends on who you talk to. There's This has been a, 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 not just a countrywide situation, but it's international. There's stories all over the world about this happening, and it's all been within the last 20, 25 years. How did it start? That's a good question. A lot of people assume if they really trace back the roots, the first story they can really kind of tab down is a guy named Brian Bethel. He was a journalist in Abilene, Texas, 1996. He says that he went to pay uh, an internet bill, mm-hmm. and he was going to the local place. He pulled over to a movie theater uh, to write a checkout, so because there was some light, you know, from the parking lot. He's going to write the checkout. Mm-hmm. He says he hears a knock on his little window and it's t- these little pale knuckles. Mm-hmm. It's two young boys. They're in you know black hooded sweatshirts, and one of them looks to be the leader because he kind of steps back, where the other boy kind of steps in the background. Mm-hmm. He's got curly brown hair, kind of olive color skin. And like I said, the other boy, he had red hair, freckles, but he just kind of kept in the distance. Mm-hmm. At first, they looked normal. And then he looked in and he, he he noticed their eyes. It was just like nothing. Where instead of having pupils and the white of your eyes, and all, it was just black. So wait, was this a daytime or nighttime? This was nighttime. Okay, gotcha. This was nighttime. Um, the one little boy says, hey, can we get a ride to our mom and dad's house? Because we want to see a movie and we don't have any money. Mm-hmm. Well... He got freaked out. He thought about it, and then he decides he's going to put the, the car in reverse. He's going to take off, right? And the little, little boy says, we can't get in unless you tell us it's okay. We have to have your permission. So that's kind of the whole thing. Well, he eventually just says, look, he's scared. They're yelling through the window. He just takes off. Mm-hmm. He doesn't go more than, I don't know, 60, 70 feet he looks back in the rearview mirror and the kids are just completely gone. Oh my gosh. Like he didn't see them anywhere? No, they're just gone. They just like vanished. Ooh. So that's that's how most people think the story started. This mm-hmm. was back in 96. About two years later in 98, he wrote an email telling this to somebody and supposedly it got leaked out. And that's where all this started. Mm-hmm. So the urban legends part of it just says, hey, the story's out there. Is this something that could happen or not happen? Mm-hmm. And then... But this is actually, he swears up and down this happened. Mm-hmm. He says he started having problems sleeping uh, after he saw this. He said he just always felt like that he would wake up and they would be at the foot of his bed or something like that. Even though that never actually happened, that was his biggest fear. Right. I mean, but so is there precautions, was that word, precautions? If they... Repercussions? Repercussions, I'm sorry. If um you don't... Do what they ask? No, it's just I mean, if you just refuse them. Matter of fact, I don't think there's ever been a story of somebody who did do what they ask. Every story is about they just refuse and they shut the door on them or they well, wait, took off, drove off the car. There's never any stories about they let them in. I thought there was that one story with the woman and the, her husband that was in the house. 
And she didn't want to let him in, and then she did let him in, and then all these weird things started happening to the family. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I don't do the study either. Oh, my gosh. Jerry Pauly. So then why don't you enlighten us on that story? Well, I will try to what I can remember. It seemed like it was at night, and um, these it was a boy and a girl, actually. They came up to the door. The husband was back in the bedroom, and the the wife answered the door. They had knocked on the door, wanted to come in, and of course, she was like, oh my gosh, why are these kids out here this time of night? And See, that's the difference. The guys would just shut the door back on them when it right. was like, so, try to play nurturer. She didn't know what to do. I mean, she didn't know whether to let them in. She didn't want them to be out there by themselves. So she act, she went back there and asked her husband about it, and he they just kind of talked back and forth with each other, and I mean, literally for like 10 minutes, and eventually... They let them in. Now, see, I already don't believe that story because there's no way that a husband and wife talk back and forth with each other. Oh, come on. They just don't have... In the bedroom? Come on. No, they weren't in the bedroom. Oh, okay. They were in the kitchen at this point. He had came out, but eventually they ended up letting these kids in. And then they got spooked because weird stuff started happening around the house and things like that. Well, then they ended up making them leave. They said, well, you know what? I think it's better off that you leave. They ended up leaving... But soon after that, the husband started having these horrible headaches and all these weird things were happening to him. And, you know, the wife swears that that's because they let those kids in. And they noticed even when they came in, the husband said something about their eyes. Like, what? You know, why is her eyes like that or something like, you know, I can't remember the whole thing. But that's basically what it was. They did let the kids in. And then after that, um, like I said, things started happening with the husband getting really sick and stuff. And. You know, she said, I know it started off from when I opened the door and let him in. He, she said, I wish I had never done that. A, so. lot, a lot of people think that this could be like aliens that just taken the form of, of humans kid. or, you know. So who knows? Who knows what it is? But that's that's pretty much what we've got on the Black Eyed Children. There's a bunch of stories out there you can go check out on, mm-hmm. on people's individuals. But that's pretty much the basics of, of the Black Eyed Children mm-hmm, situation. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't seem too harmful. Just kind of creepy looking, maybe. No, not compared to some kids I've seen. Oh, that's true. That's true. They just need a good ass whipping like some of the kids I know. Yeah, well, yeah. That's what happens. We quit whipping kids and become PC. Now you get black-eyed kids running out of the place. <laughs> now we get to talk about a very cool story, sleep paralysis. Now, initially, when I heard sleep paralysis, I thought it was like when Ninja, our little dog, is in our bed. He sleeps with us every night. And sometimes he wakes up in the middle of the night and it's cold outside and he's kind of barking and letting you know he needs to go outside to potty. And I just kind of lay there all still. It's kind like of hard. I'm, yeah. Like I'm still asleep and that way Tracy has to get up and take him out. I thought that was what sleep paralysis was. Yeah, but that's not true because I do the same thing. Because I'm thinking if I just lay here long enough, Jerry will finally get up and say, oh man, I got to take the dog out. Ninja literally like stands on your head. He will. He will put his paws up and stand on the head to let you know. And one time, a couple of years ago, he actually hiked his leg and peed on my head. Yeah. See? Because I just, I just, I was half asleep, not thinking about it. And um, he woke me up. He yeah. found a way to wake me up. Yeah. He said, so, take that bitch. So he don't buy the paralysis stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit of facts with the, with the sleep paralysis. Now we're going to have fun with this situation because we actually have a couple of interviews from people that have experienced sleep, sleep paralysis. And I wanted to hear their stories. And uh, one of them that we've got coming up at the very end, a guy named uh, Gene, man, 
you're going to love his story. We we start off talking about sleep paralysis, and he tells us a very great story about that. But then he gets into some other stuff that's happened in his life. And, man, it was so good, we just let him keep going on. Sometimes you, you just know when something's good, just leave it alone and let it roll. You never know when you're going to get gold, and I think that's what we got on this one. So we'll tell you a little bit about the facts of sleep paralysis, and then um, we'll talk to some people that actually experienced it, and we'll go from there. First and foremost, over 3 million U.S. cases a year of sleep paralysis are documented. That's amazing. That's a lot. I never would have thought it would have been that much. I thought it was more of a phenomenon that just, Mm -hmm. you know, rarely happened. But if there's 3 million that's documented, how many aren't documented? That's what I was going to say. I mean, how many people haven't just really don't realize they have it? So sleep researchers have concluded that in most cases, sleep paralysis is simply a sign that your body's not... uh, Moving smoothly enough through the stages of sleep. Pretty yeah. simple. Pretty, seems like a pretty simple yeah. explanation. What it is exactly is a feeling of, of being unconscious, or I'm sorry, a feeling of being conscious, but unable to move. It occurs when a person passes between stages of wakefulness and sleep. During these transitions, you may you may not be able to move for anywhere from a couple of seconds up to a couple of minutes. Yeah. Sometimes that's kind of uh, incorporated with a choking or feeling like you've got somebody is laying on your chest, mm-hmm. like a pressure is what most people are saying they yeah. have. So what, what we want to do now, like I said, we could sit and babble about this, but we don't know anything except for these facts. I thought we'd get more enjoyment and the listeners would get more enjoyment out of listening to some of these uh, mm-hmm. young, young ladies and gentlemen tell their stories about sleep paralysis. The first one you're going to hear, her name is Jennifer. She's out of Kentucky. So she's a, a home girl like us. She's a couple hours away from us. But she's got a unique story, so let's listen to Jennifer. All right, so we've got our second guest on the show tonight. This is Jennifer. She lives in Kentucky. And Jennifer, you've experienced sleep paralysis yourself. I know it's it's, it's got to be a scary uh, story and a scary situation to, to have. I've never experienced it. Tracy's never experienced it. And we thought it would be great to have some guests on who has. Rather than us tell the story, we let you all tell the story on, on what it's really like. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience? Um, well, like I said before, I've had it happen just twice. Um, both times it was in the middle of the day. I just kind of fell asleep taking a nap on the couch. Um, and when I woke up, of course I was facing the back of the couch, but when I woke up, I heard somebody come in the door. They, I could hear them moving around in the house. You know, it sounded like somebody was walking around. And, um, uh, um, uh, I just couldn't move. I laid there counting to myself, trying to get myself to move. Never could. I mean, I couldn't even, not even move my head. It was just, you know, I was just frozen in one spot. And I was 100% sure somebody was in the house. So I, like I said, I laid there thinking, oh, great. I'm going to die like an idiot. I'll be able to do nothing. <laughs> and uh, when I finally was able to move, I got up, looked around. There was nobody in the house. Kids weren't home. They were still at school. The dogs were all outside. Um, so, I mean, there was nobody. I mean, the doors were even still locked. So there was no way nobody could have got in and then left. I looked all around the house with nobody home. So, I mean, I don't. And it freaked me out, like I said, because I thought for sure somebody was in the house. I thought I was going to wake up and find somebody. It, even if it was just the kids, but somebody. But... You know, nobody was here. Uh, the first time it happened, 
I didn't really know what it was. I just thought that was weird and creepy. <laughs> Tore up down maybe the house was haunted now. I've done brought something in the house. But the second time it happened, that's when I started uh, hearing about other people talk about it. And I was like, well, that's what that was. How long was it between um, the first and the second time? Uh, it, it was a while. I mean, it was like months and months because the second time it happened, it didn't even dawn on me really that it was happening again until I laid there for a while doing my little count, trying to make myself move. And then that kind of, I guess it kind of sunk in that, you know, that I couldn't move and this had happened before. And then, I, you know, I was finally able to, you know, roll over. And, of course, nobody was there again and, you know, whole nine yards on that. So. Now, do you think there's any possibility at all that you could have been dreaming or are you 100% convinced that you were awake during this time? Well, the first time, I really couldn't tell you for sure because nothing was on. You know, I mean, it was quiet in the house. Second time, I know I wasn't dreaming because the TV was on and I didn't listen to the commercials as they played until I knew how long I was laying there because I heard one commercial go and then the next one come on. And then that commercial went off and another one come on and then I was finally able to move. That's torture. Um, That's torture enough just having to listen to the commercials. I like to fast forward through those ones. I know. <laughs> and it wasn't even any good commercials, so. <laughs> 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 so does this just no, but have... that's, that's how I know the second time that I was away. I mean, there was no no doubt of anything because like I said, I could hear the commercials play one after another after another. And so, um. Like I really didn't know what it was until I'd heard other people, you know, kind of heard about it. And then I was like, oh, well, all right, now I'm not crazy and my house ain't haunted. <laughs> Does it happen at night? I didn't have to worry about that. <laughs> Does it happen at nighttime at all when you're sleeping? No, both times was during the day. Um, I had just got home from work both times and just, you know, sitting around, kind of dozed off on the couch before everybody came home from school and work. Mm-hmm. So then they were both in the middle of the day. Wow. Well, Jennifer, we greatly appreciate you coming on the show and telling your story. Yeah, thank you so well, much, I, honey. I appreciate it. And like I said, I was glad to hear other people were saying the same thing. So I'm not crazy. <laughs> no, you're not crazy well, that, at all. I'm not crazy or it's not proven that I'm crazy yet. Put it that way. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot to be said about clinical results. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much uh, for being on the show. We we appreciate it. And like I said, it's going to be on this Sunday's episode, so make sure you tell all your friends. Okay. All right. Well, Jennifer. I appreciate talking to y'all. Thank you, Hans. Nice talking to you. As you guys know, we don't normally do interviews. So uh, as usual, as anything else we don't normally do, we screwed it up. And I think you'll have some fun out of this. Actually, if you noticed the beginning of that, we said our second guest tonight. Well, we decided to put Jennifer on first, so she's actually the first guest. So just chalk that up to our screw-ups. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, because sometimes we screw up, sometimes it's fun. And, and uh, Jennifer is actually a very good sport about this. I was, you know, new to this, and I didn't really tell her and fill her in with how we were going to do the interview and I was actually just trying to make sure that I had my story straight before we started recording. And <laughs> the tape was rolling because I like to just get the sound qualities and stuff right. And she just went on telling her story. And I kept trying to, to stop her because I didn't want her to get too deep and have to tell the story again. And 
boy, she was enthusiastic. When she was into her story, she was zoned in, buddy. And we kept, you know, it was like one of those, hey, up, 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 but, and we <laughs> eventually I got her to, I got her to stop. And uh, anyway, it was kind of funny. We got a blooper out of it and I got her permission to, to play it because I thought it was kind of funny. So let me, let me play the blooper for you. I think you guys will get a kick out of this. All right. Well, keep, and, um, keep in mind, I'm not recording yet, so I don't want you to. <laughs> Oh, I was, that's just, what, I was just trying to make sure I had this, but I don't want you to get too far into it. Then you'd be like, damn, I got to do all this again. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like freaking out. No, I mean, but that's, that's just how it, uh, one time anyway, that's pretty much just how it went. Oh it my was, gosh, that's so scary. I don't know. So thanks to Jennifer again for being a good sport and letting us uh, use that. Obviously, we're not making fun of her. It was our screw-up, but the reason it went on. But No, it was awesome. I, I, <laughs> I didn't mean to laugh so much, but it was just so funny because we kept trying to stop. And, <laughs> and she was, like Jerry said, so excited about telling her story. But we do appreciate you telling your story and sharing it with everybody, Jennifer. Now, this next guy is Gene from Maryland. This guy should have his own podcast. He knows how to tell a story. He sure does. And... um this thing is it's about 15 minutes long, but I'm telling you, it won't seem like 15 minutes to you. This thing breezes right along. But I wanted, uh, like I said, people to tell their own stories of what this was like and, and give you a better uh, idea than what we could on it. So uh, let's listen to Gene from Maryland. All right, so I thought that what we would do since... Uh, Tracy or I, neither one have ever experienced sleep paralysis. Uh, I thought, you know, even though we normally don't have guests on the show... It might be a better idea to talk to some people who actually have experienced this phenomenon. So I went searching, and uh, I came across with a couple of people that uh, their stories were just kind of amazing to me. And I thought, you know, why why should I try to recreate the story when I can just bring them on? Absolutely. Well, I want to hear it firsthand. So what I did was the, the I got a couple of guests lined up for us. The first one is Gene in Maryland. And Gene, you've experienced this firsthand. What I want you to do for me is just kind of paint the picture for anybody who's never experienced this as to what happens, how it makes you feel, and, and what you see or don't see during this situation. So if you could tell us that story, I'd greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and basically, uh, most of my life, uh, I'm 45, and you know, most of my life up until I was a young adult, um, I would you know, not every single night, but a few times a week would experience uh, a sense of, of waking up but being completely paralyzed. Um, you can't move. Um, you, you feel like you're, you're running out of breath. Um, basically, uh, it feels like you, you're, you're just trapped. You're, you're trying to scream out to somebody to help you or, or no matter what you do, you're trapped until your body decides to just wake itself up. Wow. Um, but most of the time for me, you know, it's, you know, I deal with anxiety, you know, on a, on a daily basis, but this takes it to a whole other level. And up until about two years ago, I didn't even know what the name of it was until I, I was uh, came across someone on a television show that happened to, you know, mention the word sleep paralysis and describe it to a T. And, and basically, you know, when you, when you're sleeping, you know, you go to wake up and it feels like you're awake, but you just lay there and it feels like someone's like an elephant sitting on your chest. Uh, sometimes you, you try and, you know, like say, okay, I'll, I'll count to three and when I get the three, I'll, I'll like jolt myself awake. And it's only until your brain, I guess, is ready to, to wake up does it let you move. And I mean, it's the most, horrific and frightening thing that you can ever experience. 
Oh my gosh. Um, I've, uh, you know, I, I don't talk about it very often with people, you know, for a couple of reasons. One, because I, you know, I don't want people thinking that I'm crazy, but up until I learned what the, the name of it actually was, you know, it made me a little bit more comfortable, but it's, it's kind of scary to talk about because you're afraid it'll happen again. Um, I've actually laid in bed with my wife next to me. And, you know, like I said earlier, you know, when I go to wake up, if the scary part about waking up is if I fall back asleep, it keeps happening to me until I finally just wake up for the morning. And I've actually looked at my wife a couple of times and said, hey, don't you see me over here, like, yelling or moving and, and you know, trying to get your attention and just look at me and say, you haven't moved or budged a bit. Oh. And uh, that, that's, to me, um, you know, someone else described it as well, where you, you go to, like, uh, to move or you say, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna count to three or I'm going to just keep trying to move until it, until it happens. And I, I've gotten to a point where I've actually felt like I was being strangled, where I had no breath left in me before I actually woke up. And uh, it's, it's actually the most, you know, like I said, the most horrifying thing that you could ever experience. Now, let, let me ask you this. A lot of people that experience this, they feel like that there's, uh, they, they some people see shadow people. Some people say that they feel like there's somebody else in the room or they're being watched. Has Have you experienced any of that along with this? Um, I, I, I read some articles on that, um, where people have, uh, put pictures up of things, you know, like, uh, sitting on their chest or like floating above them, like dark shadows. I, I've never, never ever, like, seen anything, uh, in the room with me, but it does feel like something's sitting on me. Um, I, I lived in a house about a year and a half ago where I was discussing on uh, earlier uh, on a, a media site about a, a child ghost that we experienced and it was you know that was a very real thing you know like you don't it's not like what you see in the movies or it's Holly you know it's all Hollywood this is real stuff and I'm, I'm here to tell you that it is 1,000% true. I've seen it up close and personal. Um, the, the whole thing of, of something sitting on your chest, I guess when I say, you know, something sitting on my chest, that could be referred to that. Um, you know, believe me, yeah, I guess seeing that, that, uh, there are, uh, pictures to prove it, you know, I, I'm, you know, pretty certain that that's probably happened to me. It's so amazing <laughs> though that you're, that you're laying right beside your wife and she, I mean, to me, that alone is terrifying knowing that you're trying to wake up from this, she's right there, and you can't get any help at all. I mean, I'm literally listening to you tell this story and trying to catch my breath. I mean, it's so... I just can't imagine what you're going through. I mean, through. I, I've experienced that myself with with laying next to Tracy, but it's usually because she's not holding the pillow down tight enough. <laughs> oh, well, geez. Well, I'll, have to, I'll have to remember that next time, babe. But, well, yeah. I actually... I told my wife, you know, I said, look, you know, uh, I have to give you, it was like I, I wanted to give her uh, some kind of sign. I said, look, if you see me do this, you know, jolt me, rat, smack me, do something to wake me up. But it was, it, it was like, uh, I guess when I'm in, the, you know, and I can't move, you know, there was nothing that I can do but just lay there helpless until I finally decided to wake up. Oh, my God. That is and, so uh, it, um I guess when we experienced the whole paranormal thing, like, you know, the, the movies, you know, they, they go way overboard with, with scaring people, and, and they do a very good job of it. But when you live it, mm-hmm. um, it's it's a totally different. Um, I, I, I had a, a seven-year-old child that had been killed in a bonfire 
that was attached to a property we lived in. And for a good three months, we, you know, we experienced this before we had it removed from the house. And it's, being that you deal with this type of stuff, you know, I'm I'm living proof that that stuff like this does happen. People may think you're crazy or, you know, all this this is fake. Now, I'm here to tell you that I watched it. I witnessed it. I had a, I had it run through me while I was being chased through my house. Uh, you know, a number of things that I could go off another topic, but um, it, it's <laughs> after that I stopped watching a lot of the, the paranormal stuff because it really <laughs> it, it, it it tore me up for a long time. Well, I'm sure it did. So, I mean, I know you're, I guess, paralyzed to a point, but I don't even know if this sounds like a dumb question to ask. If have you ever thought about putting like a a video camera just to see if anything would be captured at all? You know what I'm saying? I don't even know if that would. I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Like, if it would see you trying to struggle in your sleep? Well, see, the problem with it is, is that you never know when it's going to happen. Oh, okay. I mean, it could be, you know, I could go for another month and, and nothing would happen, and then one night, damn, it just happened. So let me ask you um, this. Does it happen, like, when you're taking, a, say, a nap in the daytime or anything, or just mostly at, at night? Actually, yes, it has. Um, it's happened to me uh, taking a nap and going to sleep at night. Wow. And, yeah, it's... It, kind of got to a point where at one point where I'm like, I don't think I want to take naps anymore. Oh my gosh, I mean, I but, don't uh, know. It, it's, I can't, uh, unless I, you know, there's a way for me to, to like physically show you. Uh-huh. Like, uh, I don't know, in a movie where someone grabs your hand and they show you their emotions through touching or whatever. Yeah, right. You know, that, you know through the magic of Hollywood. Um, it, that would be the only way I could describe it, you know, without you actually experiencing it. But there have been a couple other people that, that you know, we were talking to that, that almost described to a T what I go through. Wow. And uh, it's, it's like sends a chill down your spine to know you're not the only one that, that deals with it. Right. It's definitely more common than, than I realized just because when I put that post up, I mean, literally within 15 minutes, we had four people saying they'd experienced it. I mean, that's... And that's an, on a fairly small sample size, so I can't imagine. Yeah. You know, let me yeah. let me ask you this, Gene. How often would you say this happens over the course of a year? Uh, over well, just over the course of a month, probably mm, three or four times. Oh, wow. God bless. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes it you know, depending on uh, you know stress in your life or whatever, I don't know if that has anything to do with it or or, or what even causes it to happen, but it's uh. You know, it's more frequent than, than I like it to be. Yeah. So you think then the whatever it is, I guess, um, it knows your fears, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, maybe like a like a, like a panic attack or something where it kind of feeds off of uh, off of uh, maybe. I mean, do you think this is something that it's, it's possibility that mentally you cause yourself without meaning to kind of like a telekinesis type thing or a poltergeist activity? Or do you think it's an outside source doing this? Uh, I'll tell you that anxiety definitely probably plays is a big big factor in it you know i i do suffer from anxiety and it you know it probably does but i was having these issues before the anxiety but the anxiety mm-hmm. when it came along just made it just made it worse as far as it being like poltergeist type situation um it, it, when you're dealing with this kind of stuff you know like i said when i when i lived in that house over here in the city that i live in uh you know we didn't know what it was until, you know, I actually 
We went out. Uh, we thought someone broke into our house because a soda can hit the floor in the bathroom upstairs. Had canine, everybody in our house. And ironically, the guy says to me, well, maybe you have a ghost in the house. Because uh-huh. we showed him the soda can laying on the floor. They couldn't find anybody in the house. Wow. And so a couple of days a couple of days later, we went, and got, went out and got us a, a German Shepherd dog mm-hmm. for protection. And uh, he started barking just frantically at the bathroom downstairs. And so I decided to videotape it and, and caught a dark shadow by the sink in the bathroom. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> well, my boss, you know, he's, uh, what's the word, the term, uh, empath or clairvoyant, mm-hmm. where you can see a child spirit. Uh-huh. When I showed when I showed him this video, he actually, you know, he waited until we were away from the group of people we were there and told me that, you know, look, you have a child spirit in your house. Oh wow! And it, uh, <laughs> I'm here to tell you that the heavy footsteps that you hear in the movies—that's about the only real thing uh-huh. that I experienced where I listened to it every single day until my boss said, look, you know, I'll come over and deal with it. Uh, it. It actually interacted with my son and my dog and put scratches on my son's back. So we came over and, and he dealt with it and took it out. And I watched him actually take it out of the house. What? And uh, it, those kind of things, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, do play a part in sleep paralysis, but uh, it is a very, very real thing. Well, Gene, it's, it's been a pleasure talking with you. I'll be honest with you. I thought this was going to be a... Uh, a really short conversation on the sleep paralysis, but it's turned out to be quite a pleasure listening to all the other stories that you have. I'd, I'd love, I'm sure, I'd be willing to bet you've got plenty of other stories. I'd love to have you on another time oh and gosh, just talk yeah. about some of these other experiences you've had, if you'd like to. Well, absolutely. Um, the, the, you know, I didn't mean to, to talk about the other situation, oh, but no, I was talking about that with, with somebody else, mm-hmm. and it's because it, it happened to me. I tell it to a lot of people, and it's a little bit of longer of a story, but it's, it blows people's mind when I tell them the whole thing from beginning to end. And it, it's, uh, if when I tell you, you, you just sit there and scratch your head and you're like, I, I can't believe I'm listening to someone tell me this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but absolutely, it was definitely fun, uh, coming on here and answering questions. And, and anytime you, you want me on, just give me a call and, and we'll do it again. Absolutely. That would be awesome. Yeah. I can, I can guarantee you, trust me, uh, our audience will love this entire conversation so it's uh you know you don't have any reason to apologize it's been a great conversation yeah, it turned out to be keep talking, yeah <laughs> it was it was way more than i thought it was going to be and it's just going to add to the show so we appreciate it but i want to add one more thing sure um when my boss gave me exorcism beats to hang up in the center of the wall next day in my bedroom the next day my son woke up with scratches on his back the same set of beads when my boss came over to the house he knew exactly where my house was before i ever told him where i lived what? And when he put his hand on the door, he told me, let me in the house because this child knows I'm here. And I literally watched this. He told me to get the bead. He went in. He found the little boy. Found him hunched up around the room crying because he was scared. And he said some type of uh, prayer. And I watched these beads, the cross on the edge of this bead, lift up. This little boy bounded himself to the beads, and he took him out of the house and... They set him to a place in uh, the area that I live in now called St. Joseph's Catholic Church. They uh, helped him cross over. Wow. And, uh, yeah, when I, when I tell you that, that people say, oh, it's fake, it is, there's nothing fake about it. Well, I believe every bit so, of that. Yeah, we. Uh, and I'm sorry you've had to go through that and experience that. We're definitely believers here. That's the one thing that people don't have to worry about is being judged on our oh, show because no. we're, uh-huh. we're, we've all experienced stuff too. We're just as much believers as, as, uh, as you are, so. Thank you so much. Uh, he told James. me. Go ahead. He, he told me on the way. He told me on the way back to work. That's my boss. Take me back to work. His name was David, 
And he, he actually apologized because all he wanted to do was play with my son and my dog. Aww. And that he was sorry that he scared him. Oh my gosh! So uh, yeah, I, you know, but uh, that's that's anytime, really sad. You know, you know, like I said, huh? I said that's just really sad to think that somebody's stuck, and you know, especially little kids and everything, and that's all they want to do is play, and because they, they probably don't even, you know, they don't know no better. So that's amazing. Well, he he, uh, when my boss walked into my son's room, he pulled it. The room wasn't fixed up. We had a box spring leaning up against the wall, and he pulled it back. And then my boss just tilted his head down and started shaking it, you know, and I thought he was going to cry because the little boy uh, was crying. He was so scared because he had been there for so long, almost 80 years, oh I think gosh. they said, oh. and he didn't know what to do. Yeah. You know, so, that, um, yeah, that that's a good chunk of the story. I mean, there's a lot more to it, mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot more experiences with it, but uh, yeah, it's well, certainly that- been fun. We'll definitely have you on again and talk oh about gosh. the experience because this is this is right up our alley. Yeah, so. thank you so much for sharing that story with us. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you, Gene, so much, and uh, you have a great New Year. You too, sir. Thanks, Gene. You take care now. All right, you too. All right, hon. Bye, bye. You see what we were talking about? That guy knows how to tell a story. Yeah, he was he was a good storyteller for sure. I wish I told him. I said I wish we could listen to a lot more of your stories. So hopefully we can have him back on. Um, cause he's got a lot to talk about. He actually also put up a video, uh, that I need to share on the Facebook page cause he put it on my personal page and I don't know how many people have access to that, but it's a, it's a really cool video of, of uh, a shadow inside of a closet and uh, some orbs found running on, on the actual video from that house he was talking about yeah. with a seven year old. So pretty cool. Thank you, Gene, for that. We greatly appreciate it, sir. Absolutely. Well, guys, that gets us right about to the end of the episode. Next week, we're going to talk about Ouija boards. And I've actually uh, I set up some stuff. I put a bunch of stuff on Facebook, on our Facebook page. If you, aren't, if you aren't on there already, like our Facebook page. I put like a funny of the day up there, and it's usually pretty crude. So if you like crude humor. And then I usually put a scare of the day. It's usually some haunted stuff. And then uh, any kind of updates we have on the show, we put on there. Like I had just put on there today that we're doing the Ouija board episode next week. The week after that, you guys uh, have a little treat because Ricky's going to join us. It'll be yeah. the first time with all three of us. We're going to do another rock and roll in the occult. Awesome. Can't wait. And then uh, we've got another uh, Aleister Crowley show coming up. It's going to be a part two on Aleister Crowley, but it's uh, more or less how he influenced and his part on sex, drugs, and rock and roll, the sexual and drug revolution of the 60s. So we got a lot of cool stuff going on. Uh, a lot of people have been asking me about... The Beatles, we're going to do a show on the Beatles with uh, the Paul McCartney's Dead and John Lennon, the number nine. Man, I don't know if I want to stuff. know about that. Yeah, and I got one, and I don't know when we'll do this. I probably should have already done it, uh, but we're going to probably be a couple months down the road. I like to space the musicals out. I've got a whole show on Elvis Presley that I think will freak some people out. And I don't want to know about that either. I love his lips. Well, his lips, we're not going to talk about His, his lips are still awesome, no matter what His happened. lips are rotted off right now. <laughs> No, they're not. <laughs> Happy birthday, Elvis, by the way. Yeah, I'm talking bad about the king on his birthday. I know, how rude. But uh, that's going to be it. As usual, guys, thank you so much for all these great reviews on iTunes. Anybody that can go to iTunes and give us a review, that that actually helps us. And I know we preach about that every week and all these other shows do. The reason why is iTunes judges how popular you are by their reviews they don't look at the listens they don't look at any of that they look at the positive reviews and then when they put put your shows in the top list that gets you a whole lot more listeners and that's that's why it's such a big deal to us so we appreciate it right now we've got 16 
uh, reviews. And of the 16, 15 of them are five stars. You guys rock. Nice. That is so good. And I hope you guys are staying warm because it's cold as balls here. So I hope you guys snuggle up with each other, and um, we look forward to um, doing another episode next week. And obviously Tracy knows nothing about balls, or she would know they don't get cold. Balls shrivel up, don't they? They shrivel up, but they're still warm. Oh. The sack shrivels. The balls are warm. The balls are kept inside. (laughs) You mean shrinkage. Yes. (laughs) Significant shrinkage. (laughs) Well, I guess I just learned something today. Thanks, honey. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye, guys. would like to thank you folks for kindly dropping in. You're all invited back next week to this locality to have a heaping helping of their hospitality. Hillbilly, that is. Y'all come back now.